Today, I'm joined by first-time guest, uh, long-time listener, Kevin Cannon. Kevin, how are we doing, buddy? Very excited to be here. It's, a, it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, so today, we're kind of going to be taking a look ahead to the NFL season. We're, we're going to be going through some of like the award winners and like some statistical categories, stuff like that, and kind of predicting who's going to win them and who's going to be at the top of their their league, I guess you could say. And then at the end, we're going to do a true and false segment on a bunch of hypotheticals coming up for the NFL season. But to start us off, we're going to start off with the MVP winner of the upcoming season. So, Kevin, who would you pick as your guy as of right now? I'm going Pat Mahomes. I think he is by far the best quarterback in the league. He has some of the best weapons. He has some of the best coaching in Andy Reid and Andy Finally got that chip off his shoulder last year and was able to capture that elusive title he so desperately coveted. And I think they're returning a lot of players and Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman, Demi and Williams. They added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round and they still have their all pros and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, you can't really really go wrong with Mahomes, I think. I think he's the top guy kind of in the game right now. But I always I always see, like, I mean, I feel like after the teams have won the Super Bowl in recent years, besides for the Patriots, they've kind of taken a step back the next year. So, I mean, we could see that this year. But, I mean, Mahomes is definitely the, the top passer in the game today, and he's going to be one of the favorites up there with a guy like Lamar Jackson. But my pick would have to be Drew Brees. I think after disappointing loss to the Vikings, in the playoffs, he's going to be coming back like extra motivated. Uh, it's probably going to be his final year. He's already agreed to be a broadcaster, I think, with NBC Sports upon his retirement. So, I mean, it kind of looks like that this could be the final year for him. He's got, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league, and Michael Thomas, who had 149 catches last year. So, elite guy like that. Uh, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield who can do it all. They added Emmanuel Sanders in free agency. They addressed the offensive line more uh, through the draft when they got Cesar Ruiz from Michigan in the first round. So he's got some great production up front. I think they're going to be the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC and kind of might be one of those last like historic years where Breeze wins the MVP, maybe wins the Super Bowl and kind of rides off into the sunset on his own terms. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things missing from his resume, too. He's never gotten the MVP, even though he's put up some amazing years. Yeah. I see you got uh, you got a dark horse guy that you want to kind of touch on? I do. I don't – I mean, he's not a true dark horse. He's still probably in, like, the top five to ten odds-on favorite right now to win MVP. But it's Kyler Murray. The past three years, there's kind of been a trend. Well, the past decade, there's been the trend where it's pretty much just a strictly – quarterback award at this point but the past three years last year it was Lamar Jackson who was coming into a second year the year before that it was Pat Mahomes in his second year and the year before that it was Tom Brady who won the MVP but it pretty much was Carson Wentz's award to lose before he got injured in his second year so I think Kyler Murray will continue has a possibility to continue that trend and be the MVP with all his new weapons and Cliff Kingsbury running the offense from his big mansion out there in Arizona. And he has some great weapons. 
Larry Fitzgerald, an ageless wonder who's still producing. He has DeAndre Hopkins, a true number one, one of the top three wide receivers in the league. Kenyon Drake in the backfield who had a breakout year last year, and I think he's going to put up big numbers this year out in the desert. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, too, with Kingsbury, it's a second year in the system, too, and that's kind of where we saw Carson Wentz take off in his second year. It was Doug Peterson's second year in the system. I mean, Murray's been playing in that system for a few years after he played in college, but at the next level, it's kind of different, but he's definitely a guy to look out for. But moving on from that, we're going to move on to the rushing title winner, who would be the, the leading rusher in the NFL. Who you got there, Kevin? It pains me to say this, but I'm going Elliott for the Cowboys. I think with a shortened offseason, no one's really sure what's going to be happening in this offseason. Mike McCarthy, a new head coach, is not going to be able to get time to work with Dak and all his new offensive weapons. I think they're going to hand the ball off to Zeke a lot, and he's going to run behind that big line, which did lose Travis Frederick, but they're still a pretty good line down there in Dallas and I think they're gonna just feed him and he's kind of the catalyst for the offense and Dak almost goes as Zeke goes and I think he's in for a big year yeah I mean I think I think Elliott is probably the best overall running back in the league but at the same time after going out and adding C.D. Lamb they re-signed Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup is back as well they could be looking to throw the ball around the yard a little bit more. So I don't know how that's going to affect Zeke, but I like what you said where kind of when Dak's playing good, it's when Zeke is good. Like when Zeke's struggling, Dak's not doing so hot. So he is like the key to that offense. He's going to get his fair share of touches. But my guy would be Derrick Henry just because he plays in that ground and pound offense. They got rid of Deion Lewis, who was really the only guy kind of competing for carries with him. He's going to get you at least 15 to 20 carries guaranteed each game, and he sometimes even more, especially if they're winning, they're controlling the ball. Like That offense just wants to slow down the game, hope the defense can hold the other team to in between 10 and 20 points and let Derrick Henry do the rest of the work. And That's why Ryan Tannehill had such a good year because Henry was so good out of the backfield where he set up all the play action and whatnot, and that freed up the passing game. But Henry's just a monster of a, of a player. Um, he makes that offense go, and I think he's. I think he won it last year. I, I feel like he'd be a good pick to do it again. And one more reason is they they franchise tagged them, so they don't. I mean, usually we saw at least with Le'Veon Bell where they franchise tagged him twice, the Steelers, and then they just let him go because they didn't want to invest long term anymore in him. And I feel like you could see that with Henry as well. Kind of just run him into the ground. The big guy like that, he's gonna. He's going to break down eventually with all the hits he takes and stuff like that. So, so it's fair to say that Titans are a win-now team after going to the AFC title game, and they're going to pound the rock to Henry going forward. Yeah, I don't know how many years he has left, but I think he definitely has a couple more big years in store for him. Yeah. So um, we're going to move on to who will have the most catches this year. I'm going a repeat winner, Mike Thomas, again this year. There's still not a ton of competition on the outside for targets down there in New Orleans. Mike Thomas has certified him as pretty much Drew Brees' go-to. He runs great routes, has great hands, and they're looking to throw the ball all over in a 
dome team on the turf down there in New Orleans. So I'm going Mike Thomas again. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably who I would have picked. That's like the safest guy, but just so we don't have any repeats. I took Devontae Adams, who I think he's the most like underrated receiver in the game. He's definitely an elite player. Uh, he's the really only scary threat in the passing game for Green Bay, and he's definitely one of the best route runners in the NFL. I think you're going to have a motivated Aaron Rodgers playing as well after drafting Jordan Love, so... Rodgers could be looking to play his best to prove that he still wants to keep his job and he's the guy and Adams will be the go-to. I think the second closest player on the outside is going to be Devin Funches they signed. So we haven't really seen much of from him in recent years after having a few solid years early. But Adams is definitely the prime target getter for, for Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And it's and it's the second year in the system with Matt LaFleur, so him and Rogers are only going to be more comfortable. And he's a high-volume guy. He's going to get a lot of targets. I mean, he was banged up last year. I feel like he was only, like, 10th in the league, 10th to 15th in that range in catches, but he was banged up. If he can put together a full, healthy season, there's no reason he can't be the number one guy when it comes to catches for this year. Yeah, I know watching him this past year when they played the Birds, he absolutely just torched him in the first half. He had like eight receptions in the first half, and he ended up getting a little banged up, so he couldn't continue for the rest of the game. But he definitely has the potential to catch a lot of balls. Yeah. So uh, who do you think is going to throw the most touchdown passes? I'm going Mahomes again on this. I think all that speed, all the just talent on that team, once again, Andy Reid calling the plays, I think Mahomes' just arm is ridiculous and kind of I think he's separated himself at this point as the clear number one um, QB in the league yeah the guy I was kind of thinking about picking other than Mahomes was maybe Deshaun Watson but I mean they lost they lost DeAndre Hopkins but he's still different like he's still an elite quarterback but I actually picked Carson Wentz just because he actually wound up having 27 touchdowns last year which I thought it was a little low, but then it was like fourth or fifth in the league, maybe sixth, something something around there. And he was playing with grocery bag packers at, at wide receiver. So he's got two of the best tight ends in the league coming back. He's got speed finally now. Um, a healthy Deshaun Jackson, hopefully. They drafted Jalen Rager in the first round. Traded for Marquise Goodwin, who's another speed guy. J.J. Arthur's white side will be his second year. We'll see if he can come to relevance after being a second-round pick. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, who has been banged up, but, I mean, when he's on the field, he's been pretty productive. So Carson Wentz is definitely going to have a lot more weapons. Um, another guy, Boston Scott, who came came to life last year towards the end of the year, and also Miles Sanders, who proved to be a great receiving back. So a lot of options out there for Wentz, as long as he can be protected. There's no reason that he can't be one of those top guys going forward this year when it comes to touchdown passes. Yeah, I'm hoping you're right on that one. It would make my Mondays and weeks a lot better going through. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I could see Jalen Hurts leading the league in touchdown passes as well. So, But uh, we'll move on to who do you think will have the most sacks in this upcoming season? I'm going T.J. Watt. Last year, he had 14 and a half. They have a pretty solid D in Pittsburgh. I found this interesting, too. In Pittsburgh, they have seven other former first-round picks on that D. And Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu, Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, Terrell Ed- Edmonds. 
Bud Dupree and Minka Fitzpatrick. I think they have a great system down there, and Watt is only going to keep improving, and he comes from a great bloodline of just pass rushers, and I think he's going to – well, he had a breakout year last year with 14 and a half, but I think he's going to up that this year and lead the league in sacks. Yeah, he's definitely one of the top pass rushers, and I think you can argue that these past like two years, whatnot, that he's kind of overtaken JJ. I mean, JJ has been hurt, banked up, and not as good as he was early in his career. So he might be the best Watt in the NFL right now. My pick was Chandler Jones. I just think he's the best overall pass rusher in the league. I mean, he's played for the Cardinals the past few years, who have been a bad team, so he hasn't got really that much buzz, but. Definitely an improved overall roster down there. I think there'll be a better team in contention for the playoffs and definitely an improved defense. It's going to free up more chances for him. You get a guy like Isaiah Simmons, who they drafted, who's going to help uh, in all facets of the defense, but he's a great blitzing guy from the linebacker, defensive back, where they ever decide to line him up, and that could take a lot of attention away from Chandler Jones and free up opportunities for him to become sack leader in the NFL this year. Yeah, I think Isaiah Simmons was the best player in the draft last year, so teaming him up with Chandler Jones is going to be a nightmare for offenses dealing with. All right. Um, How about the breakout player of the year? This is a little bit of a maybe a bias pick, a homer pick. I'm going Derek Barnett. He's finally healthy. He has shown potential throughout his uh, short NFL career so far. Last year, he had six and a half sacks in only 14 games, and he's lining up against a really um, talented defensive line that includes Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and adding Javon Hargrave um, this offseason. They also are getting back um, Malik Jackson, who was supposed to be a big part of the D last year, but he was unfortunately injured early on. So they're going to have a solid defensive line, a pretty solid D backing them up, and I think Derek Barnett is going to finally have a breakout year, and it's the last year of his contract, so he's looking to get paid, and I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. Yeah, he's, a as an Eagles fan, a guy that they definitely need to step up just because another former first-round pick up on the defensive line. So across from Brandon Graham, they haven't been able to find like a real consistent pass rusher. It's going to be either Barnett or Josh Sweat kind of starting and playing most of those games opposite him. I mean, they're definitely going to put Barnett out there first. He's been more experienced and productive in his playing time. But if he can't stay healthy again and not produce the way that he's capable of, we could see more of Josh Sweat. And But this is definitely a make-or-break year for Barnett. So the Eagles did pick up his option, so he will be back for a fifth year. But after that, you're looking at to get your big, your like one like big extension probably as defensive end prospect. And that's where he needs to cash in. So, I mean, this is kind of like the contract year, I guess you could say, where he needs to step up. And he's going to be playing motivated, and hopefully he can step it up. But my breakout player is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, you can already kind of say that he's like a Pro Bowl caliber player, but I think this year might be the year where he makes that jump into the elite category. I mean... We saw how good Antonio Brown worked over the years with Big Ben. And Juju, I think, has comparable skills. I mean, he's already a very good receiver. But this is going to be his first full year with big, a healthy Big Ben as, like, the number one guy. Because his rookie year, he had Antonio Brown in the fold, taking away a lot of the targets and catches. 
But Juju's got elite skills. He can do it all. He still has very high upside, very young receiver. He's only like 22 or 23 years old. And one of the great things about the Steelers is they have a, a great development track record when it comes to their wide receivers over the years, taking shots on guys like Antonio Brown, like I said, uh, Mike Wallace. And now Juju can be that next guy where Big Ben stays healthy. He's He can do it all. Um, Juju can maybe get into that top five, the top ten range of the receivers in the league. It'll be interesting to see if he's able to assert himself as the true number one because it was definitely a lot easier for him with Antonio running alongside him. And another big if for him is if Big Ben's able to stay healthy for a, a whole year and keep throwing him balls. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I, I saw this on, I think it was on the herd with Coward recently, and you kind of talked about it um, earlier in the show that like we've been seeing like second year quarterbacks make that jump from their rookie year to their second year where they kind of become some elite players. So who, who would you pick for your second year QB to make the biggest jump? I'm going with the same guy I had as the potential dark horse for MVP, Kyler Murray. I think he has great weapons. He had decent weapons last year, but now adding DeAndre Hopkins into the fold. He, um, Kyler reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson and his ability to just evade the rush and extend the plays and keep making excellent throws on the run. He gained a lot of experience from last year, um, more than most of the rookie quarterbacks last year. So I think he's going to be able to build off that and just take a great leap this year. Yeah, I just agree on what you were saying and kind of what you were saying earlier about it too. I think Murray's due for a big year, but a guy I'm a little higher on than him, Drew Locke with the Broncos. He was like a great quarterback prospect early on in his college career, and then some guys graduated, some coaching changes and whatnot. When he was at Missouri, it kind of led to a shaky final year for him, kind of like uh, Justin Herbert where – Justin Herbert, when it came out last year, he was, was one of the favorites for the number one pick, but he stayed. The same thing kind of happened to Drew Locke, and he fell to a organization ran by John Elway with the Broncos, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, I mean, I think he likes what he saw in Locke enough to put his trust in him after missing out on uh, quarterbacks the past few years with, like, Brock Osweiler and guys like that. So, Paxton Lynch. But... I mean, he already has a great receiver in Cortland Sutton. He went, or he started five games, I believe, last year. Went four and one in those games. So, another guy who's going to be in the second year of the same system. Like I was saying, we see players take that big jump when they're in that second year. Uh, You got Sutton, as I touched on. They drafted Jerry Judy. They drafted KJ Hamler, which is a Judy is going to be your great route runner. Uh, He can make plays with the ball in his hands after the catch. And then KJ Hamler's that speed guy downfield on screen, stuff like that. Noah Fant's coming back after a rookie year at tight end. He's going to have a big year, I think. Drafted another tight end in the draft who's fast. So they got a, they got a great backfield, too, with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. So a lot of weapons at his disposal. He's going to have a great defense where he's not going to have to force anything. He's going to just be able to take care of the ball, get the ball to his weapons, and He's definitely set up for a big year, and I think the Broncos are one of those dark horse teams that can definitely make a run. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Him and Kyler, I think, are going to be two of the better uh, second-year quarterbacks in the league this year. But after talking about uh, second-year QBs that could make a big jump and, as we talked about earlier, breakout player, who do you think 
could be a potential guy who falls off a bit this year and not not going to see like say could be a bust but not what we uh, are accustomed to seeing from him i'm going with last year's mvp lamar jackson i i'm still completely not sold on him i think defenses are gonna they're gonna have a full year of tape now um they're gonna evolve a little he's taken a lot of hits and i'm still not sold on him being as a true uh passer i think he does a lot with his feet and i don't know if he's going to be able to sustain that and he did set the bar so high for himself that it's just natural um that he's not going to be able to reach that again i think so i think lamar jackson is going to regress a little bit this year yeah i mean we can we could all definitely see that just because like he's a guy like we've never really seen before i mean he kind of compares to michael vick but i think he he relies on his running more vick was like blessed with his ability to throw the ball deep and stuff and we haven't seen that level of throwing from jackson and the ravens also don't have the greatest weapons on the outside when it comes to receiving so they played a softer schedule last year i mean he he won the mvp still but this year, first place schedule. I mean, and we saw what happened to him in the playoffs, where he kind of fell apart. So, he it'll definitely be interesting to see what he does. And but he's also been a guy who's been proving people wrong now since he got into the league. So he's kind of a, been accustomed to that. But a guy I'm gonna pick is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I've just never really been sold on him. Even last year when the 49ers were kind of running through the league, I was just like hesitant to kind of really hitch my wagon to them and say that they were an elite team. They eventually made the Super Bowl, were winning the whole time, and then they kind of folded down the stretch. So he didn't make the big plays in the Super Bowl when they needed to. I mean, we saw Mahomes take over, and he made all the big throws. He relies on his running game and his defense too much, I think. I mean, he's a game manager. In that, that Packers game, all they did was run the ball. I mean, and if, if you're running the ball great, might as well just keep doing it. I mean, if you don't have to throw it, but at the end of the day, you're going to win with a great quarterback, and I just don't think he's that. I think he could have lost confidence after that Super Bowl where he kind of folded. He's like great when it comes to short to medium area passes and like the intermediate range, stuff like that. He's accurate, but he can't really push the ball down the field and scare defenses, and I think he could, he could see a year falling back. But Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. He's going to get guys open. The scheme is what wins down there or out there in San Francisco, I think you can say. But I just see him kind of falling off and people realizing, all right, maybe if the 49ers want to get to that next level and win that Super Bowl, they might need to look elsewhere. We're, that's where we were kind of hearing the rumors this offseason about potentially Tom Brady going out there. So, But Jimmy Garoppolo would be my pick of a guy to fall off in this coming year. Yeah, I was when looking at this question, I was debating between Lamar Jackson and Jimmy G. I think there's definitely a strong possibility for Super Bowl hangover for Jimmy G and the 49ers, like the Falcons had a couple of years ago. And that Kyle Shanahan was a part of that um, too. And I'm not sold on him completely either. I think there's definitely a lot of areas for him to continue to grow and develop his game. All right. Uh, so now we're going to move on the true or false segment that I was touching on earlier where I made up 10 hypothetical true or false statements, and so we're going to kind of go back and forth on that. So the first one is true or false, Jordan Love will be the Packers' starting QB by the end of the year. I'm saying absolutely, positively false. I don't see there's any way that he's going to overtake Rodgers 
as the uh, quarterback out there unless Rodgers is hurt. Rodgers is coming off another decent year. I do think Rodgers is slowly declining, but I think he's still far beyond um, what Jordan Love would be able to bring to the team. The Packers were 13-3 and last year, and Rodgers is still a far better option at the quarterback position for them. And I think that's what the Packers are going to ride out till a couple more years when Rodgers' contract starts getting a little more towards expire. And then maybe I think they'll start to look at putting Jordan Love in there. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree with some of the stuff you said, but I actually said true for this one. Just kind of because I think Rodgers has always been banged up. I mean, he had the collarbone issue. He's had some knees, some ankle issues, stuff like that. So he's a guy who gets hurt a lot. He's not really happy with the management right now. So I think if there, if he gets hurt in the year, I mean, he could it could backfire on the whole organization where, all right, he starts blaming, you don't it got me enough receivers to get open in time. I get hit too much. Or the offensive line, you're not investing enough in that. I'm getting hit too much. You get hurt. So stuff like that where they're like, all right, screw you. Like we tra- we drafted this kid in the first round. Someone will definitely trade for you. Let's let's move on. Let's start something new. I mean, Matt LaFleur, it's his second year as head coach. So it's not like you got an old coach with who Rodgers has been with forever. I mean, LaFleur could be looking to hitch his wagon to Jordan Love and make him his guy going forward. So I think that if – Love plays well, like during the year. If Rodgers is hurt, we could kind of see like a Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe type thing, where Love takes over and he becomes the guy, and uh, Aaron Rodgers gets shipped out in the next next year's all season. So I would say true for that one. Yeah, I think the only way Rodgers is not the starting quarterback at any time next year is injury. But do you think if there were an injury or if for some reason he weren't to start? starting quarterback would that affect Devontae Adams receptions the upcoming year and would you still have him as your lead in reception if Drew um Bach or Jordan Love has thrown him the balls yeah no no way I mean I don't I love no pun intended I love Love's talent coming out but he's definitely a guy who we've heard needs a lot of development and he's going to have to learn a lot uh, to be a quarterback at the NFL level. I mean, if 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 Rodgers gets hurt and it's like, just say they're three and three or something, and they're they ride out the rest of the year, they're just going to take their their bumps and bruises with love and kind of hope he learns from what happens. And, and it'll definitely affect the guys around him game, but it could it could benefit the franchise in the long term. So. But our next true or false is the Patriots will miss the playoffs. True or false? I'm kind of split on this one. I'm not going completely true or false. I do not think they'll win the division this upcoming year. But with that extra playoff spot now being added to the uh, playoff mix, seven teams getting in, I think they could end up sliding into a wild card. Uh, They have still a pretty solid D. I don't think it will be as good as last year, but still a – Solid D. I still believe in Bill Belichick and his system he runs up there. I think he's shown instances where he didn't have time, Tom, whether it's due to injury and putting Castle in or Tom's suspension and having Brissett and uh, Jimmy G. They were still able to perform decently. And the Pats, 
last year were 12 and four. And the big knock on them was their offense wasn't scary at all. And Tom basically last year wasn't able to uh, carry them, but he, they still were a 12 and four team. And I think with Stidham, they'll still be a, still be uh, competitive and maybe be able to uh, sneak into the playoffs this upcoming year. And I think the division is still maybe one year away from it no longer being in New England's. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, some of the stuff you said, uh, I agree. But at the same time, the Patriots were like 10 and one at one point in the year. And then they kind of, they kind of fell apart where it became evidently clear. They have no weapons at all. Just play back, play back off guys. That's what their other teams defenses did and kind of make them beat you deep and stuff like that. And, they clearly couldn't do that, and they definitely didn't go out and address the position, the offensive position groups like with like receivers, tight ends, running backs. They didn't improve that at all. I feel like, and in those years before, like when you were saying with Castle and uh, Stid or not Stidham, Castle and Brissett and Garoppolo, they had like great weapons. That's when they back. So when they had Gronk, they had. Dion Lewis, Aaron Hernandez was around, like, st- like all those elite kind of players. Not, or, I mean, some of them were, most of them were elite, but a lot of them were, like, very good, capable players this year. It's kind of, and last year's team, it's, who's scaring you? Like, can you really name it? They got Mohamed Sanu and Nikhil Harry. I think those are their top two wideouts. And Stidham has played minimal snaps in the NFL so they just don't look like a playoff team to me this year. But at the same time, when one's smart to ever bet against Bill Belichick. But I think Belichick's kind of got a, a plan where he definitely could have gone out and gotten Cam Newton or Andy Dalton or Mariota, someone better than at least. I mean, unless they believe Stidham's the future up there, which they've they've been more, more with him than anyone else. So that they would know. But, I mean... I think this year is all part of the plan to hopefully land Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in the draft next year, and they're gonna kind of take take that L this year, kind of three and thirteen, four and twelve range, something like that, which would lead them to missing the playoffs, but kind of a, a step back to, to take a step forward for the future up there. So I would say I would say that is true. They, they will miss the playoffs, and I would pick the Bills to win the AFC East. I just think they're they're an organization and a team on the rise in the NFL. Yeah, it'll definitely be different if uh, you don't see that cutoff hoodie playing in uh, January this year. Yeah, it's something we've we've seen for a while now. But our next one will be true or false. The Philadelphia Eagles will repeat as NFC East champs. I'm going true. Put your money on it. Go to the bank with it. They have the uh, best D in the division, in my opinion. I know everyone one's talking about how Dallas improved offensively adding CD Lamb which I think will help them but last year Dallas was already a top five offense and you kind of see where it got them last year I don't think adding more to their offense is going to really be the thing to take them over the top I think they lost a lot of key players on defense and also I think some that's underrated that they lost this year is Travis uh, Frederick Without uh, Travis Frederick under center, Dak has uh, kind of not been as good and the entire Cowboys offense. Uh, previously, when he didn't play, they were number uh, 22 in the league in giving up sacks, which was kind of a big uh, change from yeah. when he was there. They were in the top five of fewest sacks allowed. 
and he um was just a big part of everything they did down there. And I think last year, Wentz on the uh, Eagles showed his ability to carry a team and put his team in position to make a run in the playoffs and get into the playoffs where I feel like Dak hasn't done that in the NFL. He's only the only time he's to me ever shown that he's been a true decent quarterback and good quarterback is when he everything for him's gone right and he had a great offensive line, great weapons on the outside, and he kind of just hasn't shown to me his ability to carry a team. And I don't think the uh, uh, Cowboys will beat the Eagles this season in the division. Yeah, I I mean as much as I want. The Eagles to repeat as NFC East champs. I'm going to have to say this one's false. Just kind of because some of the stuff that you touched on, but the thing about the NFC East is it changes every year. There's been no repeat winner since the 03-04 season, which was the Eagles. And I mean, history tends to repeat itself. And I don't really think at this point it's like a coincidence. Like it's been, this year it'll be 16 years since there's been a, repeat if, if the Eagles don't win it'll be 16 years since there's been a repeat winner in the NFC East so and these past few years it's kind of been flopping back and forth between the Eagles and the Cowboys and I mean I don't see the Giants or the Redskins being players but this in the division this year but it's always competitive in the NFC East even you get down to week 16 like we saw last year with the Eagles they needed the last last second touchdown to beat the Redskins so those division matchups are always tight, but I just think Dallas is has a better overall roster. Um, I just think they're loaded on offense, especially after re-signing Amari Cooper. They got CeeDee Lamb, and Dak's going to be motivated playing for that new contract. They, they got a better head coach in there than Jason Garrett with Mike McCarthy, who I'm not a big big fan of, but he's definitely better than Garrett. If I mean, if he can just help out a little more, I think they have they have the leg up. But they have they also have added a bunch of solid veteran players on defense and free agency. Don Tari Poe and Gerald McCoy are just two of the guys that, to come to mind. But I think the Eagles and the Cowboys will definitely be battling it out. But that first place schedule that the Eagles have to play is just brutal, especially those two three game stretches where it's Seattle, Green Bay, and uh, New Orleans, and then the other one where the Steelers, the Ravens, and the 49ers. Those are two like killer stretches that could derail the season. But one thing the Eagles do have going for them is the fact that they bring back like their whole coaching staff, their head coach, with the rest of the divisions, brand new staffs and everything. So especially with the quarantine and not having uh, minicamp or OTA, stuff like that, maybe not even having tr- training camp on time the Eagles are the one team with the advantage of having everything in other teams could be addressing on the fly so it's going to be key for the Eagles if they want to win the division to get out to a hot start because some of these other teams might struggle out of the gate but if the Eagles kind of get out to a hot start and other teams are going to eventually start to catch up they could get that leg up at the beginning of the year but I think the I think the Cowboys. This is going to be this their year for the division. I could see the Eagles as a as a wild card team. But looking at their schedule, I think they're going to be nine and seven to ten and six, and the Cowboys are going to be more so ten six to eleven and five. Yeah, and when you were talking about the Eagles having a hot start, that would put them in a better spot. Their first three games this year are definitely all winnable games. So hopefully they'll be able to win. Uh, those first three games, and then that's when their schedule gets a little more tough after that. 
All right, our next one is true or false. The best rookie wide receiver will be Justin Jefferson this year. This one was a tough one. I think Jefferson was de- is definitely one of the more talented receivers coming out of the draft this year, and he kind of slipped a little, ended up in a pretty decent situation down in uh, Min- or up in Minnesota to kind of replace Stephon Diggs. But I said false. I think uh, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb are both a, a little more talented, and they both also ended up in pretty good situations. So I think they'll uh, both have a little bit of just better years than Justin Jefferson, who I still think will have a solid year too. Yeah, um, I like Judy and Lamb as well, but I I would just pick Jefferson just because I think he just fell into a better a better spot as for his rookie year. I think Lamb and Judy could benefit benefit more in the long term, but Jefferson steps into an offense. He's a he's a great route runner already. He's going to slide right into the role that is uh, left by Stephon Diggs, and he's in that he's going to be in that quick passing attack led by Kirk Cousins, who's one of the upper-tier veteran quarterbacks in the league. And I think he just – he fell to a great spot, and he's just going to be kind of one of those guys who takes off where he left off in college and steps right into the NFL and makes an impact. Yeah, it's funny how neither of us even mentioned the first receiver taken in the draft this year, Henry Ruggs. Yeah. Uh, I'm personally not that high on him. He seems more like a one-trick pony to me. Just his speed, where I feel like these other wide receivers are able to do it all and kind of establish themselves as a true number one receiver, where I think Ruggs may, might be more of a complementary uh, receiver. Yeah, so uh, talk, continue our talk about first-year receivers. True or false, CeeDee Lamb will overtake Amari Cooper as wide receiver one in Dallas. I don't think this year that will happen, but I definitely think in the near future he will. Um, Amari was brought to Dallas and kind of fixed that offense, but I think C.D. Lamb um, is a great receiver, and he was drafted by Jerry, and I think Jerry just he gave him the number 88 to continue that tradition of Michael Irvin, C.D. Lamb, and I think he will at some point overtake Amari Cooper as the next uh, great receiver in Dallas. Yeah, I, I like what you said about how uh, they gave him that 88 where that it's clearly that they they love him. They, they think that he could be the next great one. But I'm just going to go false with this one because I think Amari Cooper is just an elite player. I mean, and showed with that five-year, $100 million contract. So it's going to be going to be getting $20 million a year. He's up there with the highest-paid guys in the league at the receiver position. He's already got the rapport with Dak. He's got the experience playing with him, their timing and everything. So I think Lamb is going to be a great number two. And as an Eagles fan, I'm scared to how we're going to cover those guys and Michael Gallup in the passing attack. But I think Cooper is is one of the better receivers in the league. I mean, he struggles with drops from time to time, but he's a he's one of the best uh, overall receivers and elite route runners in, this, in the NFL. I think Lamb's going to be more of the big play guy who – I'll put it this way: if if you had if you had fantasy football, you're gonna get Amari Cooper if you want the guy to get you 12 to 15 a game. But you're gonna get Ceedee Lamb if you want the guy who could could get you like 25 a game, but he could also get you like two to five points. He's gonna be the big play guy, and Amari Cooper is gonna gonna do the the dirty work and get those first downs and just kind of be that number one threat for Dak Prescott. 
Yeah, it will definitely be a matchup nightmare for all teams, especially the Eagles. But we got big play Slay now. Jalen <laughs> Mills playing safety, and Sidney Jones is still in the lab working. So I think yeah. it'll be all right. Yeah, hopefully that revamped secondary can kind of step up this year. But the next, our next one, we got a few left before we wrap this up. True or false? The Broncos will make the playoffs. I think true. Uh, they, I think the Chiefs will win the division, but I think the Broncos are a really solid wild card team. And once again, you're getting an extra wild card uh, spot this year, so that kind of gives more teams of a chance. They were seven and nine last year with inconsistent quarterback play in the first half of the season. They added a ton of weapons on offense. Um, they still have a really solid D, and I do think Drew Locke will be pretty solid this year. I just don't think it's enough to catch the Chiefs, but I think they'll still have a very good year and be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, I said true as well. I mean, I kind of touched already on how like Drew Locke and I think that team's going to evolve this year. And I think the biggest thing is they already have a very solid defense. A few years removed from the Super Bowl, but a lot of those guys are are back. They went out and added Jarrell Casey on the on the defensive line, A.J. Boye, a corner, Bradley Chubb's come back from injury. You still got Von Miller, and Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive coaches in the game. So, evolving offense. So, I'm definitely going to say true and kind of a bold prediction. But I think they win the division. I mean, not by a lot, but as I was saying earlier, I think the Chiefs could take a step back. But, I mean, I definitely think they'll make the playoffs. But maybe at, like, the Chiefs will make the playoffs at 10-6, and six and the Broncos win the division at like 11 and five it's it's definitely going to be close but i think the afc west you can make a case that all four of those teams have the potential to make up the playoffs and that's going to be an interesting division and i'm glad they added that seventh playoff uh spot because it's going to make things more competitive especially towards the end of the year where teams might be like mailed and in where they um feel like they don't have the chance at the playoffs they're they kind of uh keep some hope and with that seventh spot. So it's definitely going to be more competitive uh, games, I think, this year. But I would say true, the Broncos will make the playoffs. Yeah, if you put some money on the Broncos winning that division, you might get a decent payout at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting to see what those odds are as of right now. But true or false, this will be Dan Quinn's last year as head coach of the Falcons. I think true. They've The past two years, they've gone seven and nine. I don't think they ever truly recovered from that Super Bowl debacle where they should have just ran the ball and they were up 28-3 to and they've never really recovered from it. I don't think Matt Ryan's getting a little older uh, now and I think it's just time for a new voice and kind of change the scenery and maybe start looking at a rebuild uh, down in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to say true as well. It's just kind of all the points that you touched on, that's what... That's what I was going to say. I just think they need some new faces, new voices in the building. Uh, a rebuild could be coming. I mean, Julio Jones is still down there, but he's definitely a guy who would have a big trade market if you tried to move him. Matt Ryan's getting older. He, I mean, he's been he's still been a very good quarterback over the years, but they're kind of they're kind of getting towards the end of that era. And I think in the NFC South this year, with the Saints and the Buccaneers likely at the top and a Panthers team who is probably not going to be that great, but they're going to be very competitive. The Falcons could be looking at another third or fourth place finish in that division, which would, I think, lead to Dan Quinn getting fired. Even though he's just a few years removed from a Super Bowl appearance, it, 
it just might be time where it kind of reminds me of the Warriors back in the day where they had Mark Jackson as the head coach and then they brought in Steve Kerr and that kind of changed things up and took him over the top. Even though Jackson was a good coach, got him to the playoffs and whatnot, they might think they needed a different guy to help get them to the next level. Yeah, and it's definitely one of the tougher divisions in the NFL that they're going to be competing in this year. Yeah. All right, last true or false, and then we'll uh, wrap up the show for the night. True or false, Josh Allen will be an MVP candidate this year. I think definitely false. I don't think he's on that level yet. Um, I think he's a solid QB and definitely potentially a franchise QB in Buffalo, but I think it's a little crazy to put him in MVP uh, discussions. Uh, He hasn't shown the ability to, like, really be a true great uh, quarterback this uh, past year. He only threw completed 58% of the, his passes, throwing 20 TDs and 3,000 yards, which are decent numbers, but I don't think he's really anywhere close to the MVP level. I think he's more of a mid-level, mid-level uh, to um, top 10 quarterback, but not MVP. I'm going to say true. I just think he's primed to make a big jump here in year three, especially after the addition of Stefan Diggs, who is another guy I think is one of the more underrated players in the league. I think he's a top-level receiver. You already had two solid guys with John Brown and Cole Beasley, with Brown being the speed guy, Beasley being the underneath guy who's going to catch you 50 to 75 balls if he's healthy. Uh, so the offense is just going to uh, – put him in spots to succeed with their solid system that they got down there. I mean, he's going to be on a very good team. And, I mean, you're saying that he doesn't have great accuracy. That's always kind of been his downfall. But I think with better players around you that are going to be catching the ball more and bigger, big-time big time players like Stefan Diggs, your accuracy is going to improve and those numbers will go up. Uh, so and I think Devin Singletary is another guy who – He's going to be a big-time player. I mean, the bigger the stage we saw last year, kind of the bigger he played, and he grew as the season went on, and especially after learning behind a guy like Frank Gore. He's a guy to look out for who can make plays when it comes to running the ball and passing the ball as well. So he's a guy who Allen is going to rely on, and I think Josh Allen's just in a good spot, and we've seen him get better from year one to year two. I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP, but he's. I think he's going to be a guy in the discussion, especially if the Bills are going to be the favorites in the AFC East this year. Yeah, he definitely has a cannon of an arm, and I think this year everything's been kind of leading up to this year for the Bills. They've been slowly improving every year. Now Tom's not there, so I think this is kind of a big year and a prove-it year for Josh Allen, so we'll see what he's able to do. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, Thanks again, Kevin, for hopping on. Uh, Keep an eye out for some more coverage coming up soon, and you can check us out on all platforms. We got on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, so trying to continue to grow this thing. I appreciate everyone's uh, support. If you could like the videos uh, or the podcast, subscribe, all that good stuff, share it out with people, and... Try and get some more word about the beef up front out there. Anything you want to add, Kevin? Just thanks for having me on tonight. It was a great time. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon.